I got to I got Okay, eventually I got to come up with an intro cuz I have no idea what my intro is going to be. Uh, yeah. Okay, can I ask you a question? <laughs> Go ahead. What what why did you call it the Ma- the Maestro podcast? Maestro movie podcast with friends? Yes. I have no idea. I, that's just the name that I thought of that it sounded really cool. Hey everybody. <laughs> it is a really cool name. I did like it. I just thought yeah. there was a hit kind of <laughs> no, I just thought it was. I just thought it sounded cool. So, uh, hello everybody. Welcome to our second episode. I'm glad we made it this far. Um, we are uh, today. We will be reviewing the very controversial, to say the least, Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. I have my uh, my buddies Alex and Zach with me. Guys, say hi. Hello. Hello. Same time. Hello. <laughs> and um, we're going to be reviewing this movie. So, this movie sucked. I'm just going to say a very, it. It's a bad movie. It's a very, very terrible movie. Like, with episode one, I tried to give that movie a chance, and it turned out not to be as bad as I was expecting it to be. I tried to give this movie a chance. Good God. Oh, really? Yeah, I I posted on Facebook shortly after the mov- the film concluded. I do not want to watch this movie ever again in my life, ever. So so when did you watch the movie? I watched it on Friday. Uh, Zach, when did you watch it? I watched it last night because I genuinely just like completely forgot to watch it till like last night. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> it's like three in the morning and. And, like, as you, you both know, I, I, like, go on these random sprees where I just, like, watch four or five movies. I'm like, I'm just going to jam it in there and see what happens. <laughs> and I, you know, realized how much I hate this movie and how, how boring it is and just how, like, I could watch almost any other Star Wars property and be more entertained than this movie. <laughs> see, so you think – I just watched this movie. I was telling Chris I just finished watching this movie. Right. Yeah. Um, but are you in the company of Chris uh, believing that this is the worst of the Star Wars prequels at the very least? I, you know, okay, so I'm in a, a weird, you know, scenario where I think as the prequels go on, they get slightly better until you hit, you know, Revenge of the Sith. And then, it, it you know, it takes a significant jump forward because Revenge of the Sith is actually a fairly reasonable movie. And, you know, I would wouldn't call it you know a masterpiece by any stance but it, you know it's a solid movie i think this is definitely a step up from you know phantom menace i had you know the only redeeming factor i found about phantom menace was you know the the last act where you know you have that you know that that scene where ewan mcgregor's character has to make that tough choice of you know kill or be killed and then you know the, the, the choice to, you know, take on his master's, you know, uh, wishes of training, you know, a, you know, uh, Anakin Skywalker. Uh, I, I am of the ilk that Phantom Menace is the worst. I think Ooh, this is going to be a very good conversation. <laughs> no, absolutely. Phantom Menace absolutely is the worst. I oh, no. Know, like, this was the dirt worst film I've ever seen. This is the uh, worst film I've ever funny. seen. They're both bad, but for different reasons. Like, Phantom Menace is boring. It's got one amazing scene, one good scene that goes on a minute longer than it should, 
and then an hour and a half of just fucking shit. Boring. <laughs> just terrible stuff. Oh, and at, the, at the end of oh. the day, uh, I, I, I will take the absolute visual cluster mess of action that happens in Attack of the Clones above anything else. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I, I think I think that Attack of the Clones has has at least stuff that you can look at. And not only that, I think the stupidity in it, like the bad acting, the bad moments in it, are much more fun to laugh at in the second movie rather than just the the, the one-tone... I love Liam Neeson, but it's a one-tone performance and yeah. the kid and all these other actors that are just not acting very well at all. So... And it's so boring. Yeah. So, so all, from, you know, uh, personal standpoint, my... The thing about Attack of the Clones that I felt was kind of the biggest shame of it is they're trying to do this huge lore dump in the middle of this trilogy where, you know, you know, they have this starting point where, you know, you, you, you know, you have, you know, political turmoil going on everything. But at the same time, you got this, you know, this political mystery going on about, you know, who did this, who did that, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, we already know where we're going to be in, in two movies is that, you know, galaxy's been completely turned over and taken over by the dark side. And the problem is that Attack of the Clones is in this really weird place where, you, you know, your first movie's setting up the new world, and then your 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 last movie is bridging the trilogies. And that Attack of the Clones just feels like this middle movie that just, like, has this big, dumb information dump that you have to do. You know, you have to explain how point A to point B, and, you know, Lucas talked to, you know, referenced the Clone Wars in episode four. So, you know, you know, when you're making a movie called Attack of the Clones, you know, you're going to do this big backstory of explaining, you know, how Ewan McGregor's character became this general, this great general that he's supposed to be. Okay, so I'm not I'm not arguing that the the story of Attack of the Clones is terrible. Oh, absolutely. But what I will but what I will say is that the problem is not that backstory. The problem is that this is the longest movie of the Star Wars universe, and they they well, totally well, well, now, now, the, the stupid romance. And not Ewan McGregor's actual mystery, because Ewan McGregor, if you watch that movie, is doing a detective story. He's going to old people he used to know. He's trying to find clues. He's being a, a spy at these clone places. He's it's an actual mystery that he's going through. And it's a side thing that happens to Anakin Skywalker surfing on a thing and creeping on Padme. It's, it's yeah. stupid. <laughs> it's the worst decision. All right. Because All right. The emotional weight of the series is that relationship. That's where you're supposed to focus on. But you actually have a better, more interesting story over here. I, I, I don't know. I just think I think they're both fine stories, but the wrong one became front and center. Yes. All right, all right, guys. So you know how this works. You will listen to the first one. I'm gonna break this down scene for scene. Hopefully before Alex has to go to dinner. So, all right, here we go. And feel free to cut me off if there's something you want to point out, real quick. So, no worries. Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones, released May sixteenth, two thousand two, written and directed by George Lucas. Yes. Um, starring Hayden, Christ Hayden Christensen, Ewan McGregor, Natalie Portman, Samuel L. Jackson, and Christopher Lee. And Ian McDermott, whatever. Um, so, as the, as I hit play on my, uh, 
on my uh, PS4, I said I, I typed in my notes. What is my life? <laughs> okay, so the opening crawl, all I got out of it was was, was um there is unrest in the Galactic Senate. That's all you need to get out of that crawl. Um, mm -hmm. so Padme lands on Coruscant. Her uh, her ship explodes. And, uh, apparently she was in one of the... Okay, so three Naboo Starfighters followed the ship. She was in one of them. Not the main Senator Corvette. And then that ship ended up blowing up. And so... And then she... So it turns out she used another decoy. <laughs> I want to know, how many decoys has she used before... Before the one we meet in episode one? <laughs> I want to know how well, many here, they... Here's the point. In episode one, she's the queen, and in this one, she's a senator, and she didn't even want to be a senator. She was asked at the last second, and then when they land, the guy goes, I guess there was no danger here in the first place. So my guess is they pulled just one of her old ones out of retirement for this one mission, and then that chick got killed. Yeah. <laughs> so, I so I also I, wrote I down... I think she wanted to do it. They just got a note. They're like, oh, the, this place is dangerous. We should we should be careful. Get a decoy. So I wrote down in my notes, how many people has she killed? <laughs> so after that, <laughs> Ooh, damn. Well, dude, that's part of the job. It's, it's it's like with any president. How many how many presidents, guards, and, and kings and queens have they gotten killed? That Granted, is true. she is reckless and falls in love with dumb people, but right. Because he doesn't like sand. We will get to that. Do not jump ahead to that yet. Don't jump ahead to that yet. And that's not why she fell in love with him. It's because it's because his mom died and he killed a bunch of people. That was sex. Yeah, and most of them were children. So the Jedi meet with the Chancellor after this. Um, so apparently the uh, Separatists are spreading throughout the Senate. Uh, CGI Yoda can't see through the future. This was the debut of CGI Yoda. His lighting was so inconsistent with everything that, with every scene he was in, it was so inconsistent. Um, so Padme entered with uh, freaking Jar Jar. Yoda had warm feelings for her. That's weird. Um, Padme thinks it was Dooku who tried to kill her. Jedi says it wasn't his style. Padme wants protection. Uh, Palpatine wants protection for Padme. She says no. Then he mentions Kenobi and Anakin. Then she's like, okay. So then go to. Oh, oh go ahead. Well, I was gonna say she. I, I think that scene is pretty funny because it really just kind of points to the chancellor. Everyone around the chancellor is just dumb. He just suggests <laughs> stuff, true. and they're like, "Yeah, okay, let's do that. All right, cool." Like the Jedi, it, they don't point out the fact that the Jedi had just gotten complacent and egotistical, and really just didn't know what the hell they were doing. <laughs> right. And I feel like I feel like it comes across more as these people are stupid rather than the Jedi have lost their control, which is just bad filmmaking. Right. So Obi-Wan and Anakin are in the elevator going up to uh, Padme's suite. They, uh, I wrote down in my notes, uh, they're talking about a better story than the one I'm watching right in front of me. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, very much so. Anakin was very nervous. Uh, I also wrote down, Lucas is not an acting coach. Um... Hey, I, I wrote, like, I really wrote, I, I wrote down in my notes, Hayden has nothing to work with, he's terrible. Mm. Like, you know, I, as, as I'm watching it now, I can see where he could have been, like, a good, in like, a good intense actor, um, but he just started with one of the worst people 
that could have taught him anything. I there there's a movie that came out around the same time called Life Is a House that he was in, and there are moments in there there where he's really good, but also moments where he's terrible because the director and that was terrible too. I think he just had a bad start. I haven't seen any of his stuff recently, but I I I just think he had a rough start. With that being said, can we all agree with what we know? This is Hayden Christensen's performance was more Lucas's fault than his, because that's where I lie. Yeah. Okay. Everyone's bad in it, but he is particularly not very good. Yes. Okay, so Jar Jar is excited to see. So they reach the they reach the suite. Jar Jar is excited to see them. This is where I said the let the creepy awkwardness between Padme and Anakin begin. So it is super creepy. It's listen. I was arguing. So my dad got home as I was watching this movie, and I was literally arguing with him, Dad. Like he, like he okay. So he was saying. Well, the, like he had, like he had the uh, like, I was I actually started like yelling at him of like, Dad, this is not ro- what I'm watching right now is like they're presenting this to me. I do not see it as romance. There's no romance to be had between these two. It's one guy stalking, it's one psychologically disturbed guy stalking this stalking this woman who then becomes psychologically disturbed because she falls for him. That's literally Hayden Christensen's performance. He did not seem as the romantic guy. He seemed like a freaking creep. That's what it looked like to me. Yeah, but that. Hey, hey, that's hey, the hey. thing. Like they, they want to put in there that that he has these elements that the possession and the obsession that he has is what leads him to be evil. Like they want those sinister clues there, but the problem is that's not attractive at all. And Padme is really sort of playing it off at the beginning. She's like, "I knew you as a kid, and th- I don't like you looking at me this way." And I don't want you watching me while I'm sleeping. So <laughs> just protect me. And it's nice to see you. I gotta go. Like at the beginning, that's how it is. And then it doesn't change until they get to the like the field where they're like talking. And then she's like talking about her ex boyfriend, and he gets all jealous, and she's like cool with it. It's <laughs> right. just weird. It's, it's super it's, weird. It's really weird. So um, so Padme wanted answers. Ken- Kenobi says no. By the way, Obi Wan's in this scene too. Uh, Kenobi says no. Anakin says they'll find them. They, him and him and Kenobi bicker for a bit. I wrote down. The I do di- find their relationship <laughs> interesting. I do find the Kenobi um, Anakin early part right. of that relationship, that conversation, to be interesting. Yep. So I wrote down. Um, the dialogue is unbearable already, and I can't stand Anakin. And we are ten minutes in. Because at that point, we were only ten minutes in. I checked. Would it be safe? say that a tree has more depth to it than Hayden Christensen? <laughs> Pretty close. I, no, I, I, I think a tree might have had better chemistry with Natalie Portman. But I, think, <laughs> I, think there, I think there's something there with Hayden Christensen. He's just, he's, he's just doing this intense, like, I'm I'm gonna be Darth Vader one day, but now I like this girl, and it's just he does he's just he's never been on a movie set before. He's trying this thing, and no one is telling him that it's wrong or that he should do something different. Most importantly, the man in charge. Right. Yeah. So we then get Jango Fett and Zam for a small bit. Um, I wrote down bounty hunters, worms. That's all I got out of that. So. <laughs> <laughs> so Anakin, so we come back to the um, go back to the uh, the suite, and uh, 
Anakin says, uh, Kenobi asks, uh, Anakin, anything? Anakin says, I quote, quiet as a tomb. Yeah. Wrong weird. words. So Padme. Yeah, that's, 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 that's creepy. So Padme yeah. ends up covering the, it, sends, it turns out that, that uh, Padme covered up all the cameras when she went to, uh, when she went to bed, and then Annie, and then Obi Wan's is like, "What is she thinking?" And I'm like, and I couldn't, I couldn't help but agree with him. People are trying to kill her, and she's covering up cameras that could save her life. I know you don't want Anakin stalking you, but for goodness' sake, you know. But she, we're, we're living in a world where she knows that Jedi's can sense danger, and she's like, "You don't have to use your eyes, motherfucker. Like, just do your thing." So, yeah. R2 was in the room with her, apparently. He was also sleeping. So then when the... So when then the... The worms cut through the window from that uh, assassin droid that gets loaded into the, uh... The, the... Yeah. So... The worms come into the room. And so... R2 could not detect them. So then when they are pretty much on top of her, the Jedi then sense the worms. So, you know what I found really interesting? The worms stop when the robot starts looking, and then they go back to crawling when the robot stopped. Like, the worms <laughs> knew. <laughs> so, then we got this... <laughs> we got this chase scene. So, here's my, my question. Okay. So, so, R2 can't figure out that they're there, but R2 is a super advanced robot literally designed to, to pilot starships right but he can't figure out that there are two other life forms in the same room as him <laughs> well yeah he can't look down <laughs> <laughs> i mean so, you don't have to look down to pilot a ship in space so <laughs> they, <laughs> see in this situation alex this is where i think jj got it right because he made a robot that can look down if needed exactly. that is yeah, true i agree so, exactly. agreed. So, um, he, he understood the importance of looking so down. Right. J.J. Abrams brought looking down to the Star Wars universe. I got to give you that. <laughs> <laughs> so the um, so basically, uh, Anakin and uh, Anakin and Obi Wan kick down the door essentially, and so Kenobi jumps through the window to chase after the flying assassin droids. Um, then we then we got this outrageous chase scene. Where it starts out, Obi-Wan's hanging from this droid that's flying throughout Coruscant. <coughs> um, and so, so... So then Zam eventually shoots the, um, the droid, and then Obi-Wan's free-falling. And then Anakin steals a speeder. And then Obi-Wan lands perfectly on this speeder because they're Jedi. Yes. That's... That's yeah. only the first time this happens. So then, well, here, well, that whole scene, I gotta say, uh, I I really like the way it looks, but at the same time, having just watched Blade Runner, it's very, it's totally Blade Runner. Oh but man, I never about, put like, the dots together. I never put the dots together. Wow. Oh, it looks, ex and then they start running in the street to try and shoot somebody. Like, no, no it's totally Blade Runner. But I, the one thing I really got annoyed with is not only is they are they like flying and jumping out of this thing and like. 
it took them forever to sense there were worms in a room, but they can sense when the cars are flying everywhere. Right. And then he makes the same joke twice. He's like, I hate it when he does that. I hate it when he does that. And it's like, just, <laughs> we've never seen this before. So I'll just, I'll just read my notes verbatim. Uh, pretty much. Uh, so I wrote down chase scene. Anakin is suicidal. Really suicidal. Zam's speed of noise is awful. It is. Yeah. So there's a point it where really they is. there's a point that where they lost her and like because Anakin went the wrong like went, took it like a shortcut quote unquote. Um. So, and then in all caps I wrote Anakin jumps out of speeder and lands on Zam's freaking speeder perfectly. What? Yeah. But like literally what? That's the second yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't know when Worm's in a room, but, like, jumping out of a speeder, he's on top of that. Literally. Oh, my gosh. So, so like, Anakin's fumbling around in Zam's speeder, and he loses his lightsaber. Um, and then Kenobi catches it, of course. Um, Zam shoots... Or the... Uh, Zam shoots the, spe- shoots to the inside of her, her speeder, and then she crashes. Anakin falls off at, like, 20 feet... Doesn't even land on his feet. He just like he falls, and then he gets back up like he's all like he's all right. The like the, the absurdity of the action in this in the uh, the realism in this it, scene it is, is it, absurd. It is funny when he when he falls off of the ship, he like he like kind of gently rolls into some trash cans and gets up. And he's like, oh, that was weird. And then she like totally crashes her car into a wall. That thing really hits that thing. It explodes almost. She like gets out with a shaking her head. I'm like, what? All right. So they bo- so they both get out. So Zam and Anakin, they're both fine. Um, so they lose her in, a, in some kind of club slash sports bar. Um, it's a nightclub. It's a night bar. Okay. There were there were there were athletics to be had on the screen there. <clears throat> so Kenobi lectures Anakin, "This weapon is your life." They go into the bar. Kenobi goes straight to the counter. Gets a drink. Mind tricks a drug dealer. So, which was great. It was that was that was awesome. I have to admit. Um, yes, smoking's bad. Kids don't smoke. So, so um, Zam creep up creeps up on uh, Obi Wan and cuts off her cuts off her hand. I wrote down uh, damn dismemberment. Um, they interrogate her yeah, for a bit. Yeah. Um, she takes a toxic dart to the throat from a very long distance, questionable, and, uh, she dies. Why he didn't shoot them is beyond me. Why didn't he just take two darts and, like, shoot the Jedi right there? Or blow them all up with a grenade? They would have sensed it. They'd had spider senses. That's all I can explain. That's, that's just... They don't sense worms. He's a worm. <laughs> that is true. Um, so, oh, go ahead. No, I didn't say anything. I was oh, just okay. laughing. Okay, sorry. So, count, so we go back to the council. They're meeting. Uh, Kenobi has to find the bounty hunter. Anakin must pay, must take Padme to Naboo. Uh, I wrote down, she will not like this. So, <laughs> council, council, council tells Anakin, hey, why don't you go talk to Palpatine, see if he can talk to her, get her to, get her to go back to Naboo because people are trying to kill her. So Anakin meets with Palpatine, and uh, all I got out of this was Palpatine was putting him over, building his ego. That's good. That, like, there's, they're like, here's my thing why I think Attack of the Clones is worse. Because there were, like, because in episode one, 
there were these like there were quality scenes to be had where I feel like in episode two they were much smaller and fewer and far between. That's that's uh, my I mean, case. I, I don't I don't mind the conversation between Anakin and, and the Chancellor. My problem is you walk into the movie and they're like Oh, that he has this relationship with the Chancellor, and he's like talking about how great the Chancellor is, and they just the Jedi are like, "Hey, you've got this relationship with him. We should go talk to him." Why are they okay with this? Why are they okay with a with a politician, a Chancellor, forming such a close bond with a young Jedi student? Yeah. Like, why are they cool with that? Why is this just sort of thrusted upon us? <laughs> I, I agree. If anything, that makes your point even more important it means that they probably didn't even have time to put that in there because they wanted a 40 minute action scene at the end of the movie <laughs> so so apparently I, oh, go I'm ahead. Gonna give you I, I gotta say one thing though about this is kind of a thing with the prequel trilogy as a whole is you know the, the, all the scenes in the prequel trilogy I genuinely love despite all the issues with it were any scene that I saw Hayden Christensen and Ian McDermott in. Because Hayden Christensen played off Ian McDermott so well in every single time that it was just a shame that, like, there was just... You didn't get the bulk of them till like, Revenge of the Sith. No, yeah, they have a really good scene in Revenge of the Sith, for sure. Like, it, uh, But that's kind of my point. Like, that's an important relationship that they kind, of, they kind of just, like... Just say, here, it exists. Here, you're in it. I wish <laughs> they'd have spent a little bit more time on that maybe even in phantom menace i wish that they had spent a little bit more time in phantom menace with anakin being a kid there it would have made a little bit more sense so kenobi so they go back to the so um kenobi mace windu and um yoda they're uh milling about the uh jedi temple kenobi doesn't like anakin's assignment um basically mace and yoda are just like whatever Well, they, they admit it later. They don't have... They're losing the power of the Force. They 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 have to pretend like it's no big deal. But inside, they're like, we can't do anything. <laughs> so... But they're hiding this big secret. It's pretty bad. So we go back to Padme's suite. And uh, we got one of the most outrageous things in this movie. I wrote this all in, in, all, in all caps. Padme makes Jar Jar Naboo's representative in the Senate. Why?! Not only that, jar, but starts, jar. Like, not only does she make that decision, but then he starts talking, just kind of just talking about stupid stuff, and she even stops him. She's like, "Okay, Jar Jar, I gotta go." And it's like, if you know he's an idiot, why would you give him so much power? I feel like they they kind of, I feel like Lucas just kind of like shoehorned that whole plot in just to like get him out of the movie more so, but like keep him relevant enough where like you know, they they have a reason to call back on him if they need to, but that they, they kind of say, oh, the, the reason why, you know, Jar Jar isn't here is because he's off doing stuff at the Senate. You know, it's just... Yes, but it's at the I mean, obviously, you know, obviously, you know, on the back end of the movie, you know, he has that, you know, very big scene where, you know, they, they you know, they, they do the thing and, you know, everyone universally says, oh, it's, you know, his fault that Everything went to shit, basically. It's not his fault. It's her fault. That's the problem with the decision. It may be the ability to take him out of the whole adventure so he could have that decision and be at the Senate, but it's at the expense of the stupidity of one of your other characters. Like, I don't believe that she's that dumb. 
So Padme is mad. She's for that she's forced to leave. Now you mentioned Blade Runner earlier, Alex, but yeah, I feel like her her Natalie's Natalie Portman's performance in this spot particular came across to me as the world's worst replicant. Because <laughs> that's exactly how I felt she was acting. Like that's how I felt she was like like delivering. Like she was delivering like like this, like this flat dialogue. And I'm like, that's totally a replicant, unless I'm remembering that wrong. <laughs> no, it's super, it's super bad dialogue. There's a deleted scene where she goes up to the Senate and she tells them about the assassination attempt and that she's against building this army and that she thinks she's opposing all this stuff and she's demanding that the Senate wake up. And it's it's Natalie Portman and she's monologuing and it's terrible. And it's because the dialogue is terrible. It's terrible. She's doing the best she can, but it's awful. So also, so Anakin is whining about how Obi Wan's holding him back and whatnot. I wrote down, I want to turn this off. It's so bad. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I I also said they look nothing like the same age. No. And so we got this. So we got the exchange of Padme saying, "Don't look at me like that." Anakin saying, "Like what?" And then, um. Now the woman says it makes it makes me feel uncomfortable, and then we got that creepy stare that's in all the memes now. Yeah, and I wrote Super down, of, "Of course you're uncomfortable." It's just he's leaning way too hard on the he's gonna be Vader guys. Look at him be all Vadery. What a Vader about it! Like no, <laughs> no, way too early, way too early. He needed to start turning into Vader the moment he. Like halfway through the film, when he's got to do that whole revenge mission, right after his mom goes, that's when we got to see that turn happen. But like making him all sinister and creepy now, you're they're leaning on the whole possession and obsession is bad, but he's he's really bad. So, yeah, I would say I would almost be going as far as to say, you know, we really even shouldn't be seeing that creepy kind of shit till like, you know you know, a third of the way into Revenge of the Sith, even, you know, where that, it, it like, Possessor, I think, yeah, like, like, genuinely, like, genuinely, like, all of this movie should just be a young, arrogant Anakin Skywalker, not a, I'm gonna be creepy as fuck, because I can be. Yeah, I gotta be honest, they made, they pulled the wrong card on that one. He really, think, it really should have been more... Arrogant. It should have been more innocent, and he's not an innocent dude. He's the punk at school no one likes. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, this, this next scene, I could pretty much sum up as... Uh... I genuinely... Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, well, like I said, like, like you were saying, yeah, he, he needs to be, like, the punk at school. He needs to be, you know, this arrogant, cocky guy where, you know, the other Jedi are starting to look at him as, who, who are you? What, why, you know... Why are you so special? And he's just this kid this whole time. But you know, it... he needs to be more eggsy from Kingsman and less American Psycho. Yes, I agree. So this next scene, I can pretty much sum up as they split up. <laughs> um, yeah. After this, Obi Wan goes to uh, a friend, uh, Dex, about the darts. Dex says it's a uh, Kaminoan, 
and uh, Kenobi, and this whole, then they had this whole, like, two-minute thing where Kenobi can't find the uh, Kamino, and I literally woke, uh, so I wrote down, so they're in the library with this old lady, and she says the planet doesn't exist, so I wrote down, I wrote down, Kenobi can't find the planet in the Jedi library, this woman is an idiot. <laughs> I love how I love how he has to go to Yoda, and Yoda has to look at a kid and be like, "Hey, you guys know what's up, right?" And they're like, "Yeah, they deleted it." He's like, "Yeah, Obi, they deleted it. What's wrong with you?" <laughs> and then they wasted twenty minutes of our time for all of us to see that happen, just for Yoda to turn around and go, "This is a super dangerous information that we just figured out. You better hold this close to our chest." And all you little kids over there who just witnessed all of that, you keep that shit to yourself too. <laughs> Hundred says those kids fucking die in episode three. <laughs> That's why I can kill them. <laughs> That's why they didn't it's, save the younglings. It's a dumb scene. That to be terribly funny though. Like to go back on that that library scene though. I just like when watching that scene. Every time I watch it, I like I think to myself. She and she, the librarian says, so, 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 like, believed that she's like, if it's not here, it doesn't exist. It's like, what? What? <laughs> that, okay. That's what I'm talking about. That is the, je that's the that, Jedi like, being egotistical. Like, I'm, that, that, I'm, like, I'm like, you're a Jedi. That is like the most arrogant thing to say about like <laughs> the place you work is like, if it's not where I work, it doesn't exist. Well, maybe Luke Skywalker is right. The Jedi gotta end. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. But like, <laughs> okay, guys. I know. I know. Time to figure out the way. It's like he could have just gone to Yoda and been like, dude, this stuff not here what, what's going on and he'd been like oh they deleted it keep this to yourself that's like a five minute scene you don't have to give us three scenes <laughs> so I know, okay i know you guys are getting worked up let's keep the language to a minimum okay guys okay let's keep, let's keep the language Sorry. to a very, minimum very true. i know you guys are getting worked up i know but let's let's try to keep it this low is, here it is very bad it, it is like it is it was very terrible <laughs> I got, I got, I got all my profanity out when I, when I saw, when I, when I was done seeing this. So in between, Obi Wan searching for Camino. That I would keep mine down, and I'm still not doing it. <laughs> so I, so in between Obi Wan trying to find Camino, Anakin and uh, Padme are having lunch on the on the refugee ship because they're posing as refugees. Um, so there, there's more talk. I wrote down more talking this time about Jedi commitments. Anakin has no flirting ability. I'm glad Lucas doesn't create anymore. It's cold, but you know. So you know what I think is really interesting about that scene that they they're on a refugee ship and the robot like looks at R2 and he's like, "Hey, you don't get any food. Get no droids from over here. You get away from here." And I'm like, looking at all these poor people, and I'm like, "This is an interesting universe. You should probably you know talk about how this senator is looking at this refugee ship, and she should probably you know." respond to that maybe have a conversation about that and they're like he's like no i really like you and she's like that's really creepy <laughs> so so yeah there yeah it was about yeah it was about that so we got the part where the younglings basically make kenobi look like a fool mm -hmm. um so they uh so they arrive so padme and anakin arrive on um naboo so they have so they're walking 
There, Padme reflects on being queen. Got another meeting in a circle, and they talk about <laughs> war. They're talking about war and how they must remain diplomatic, I guess. Anakin is asked for his opinion. Padme says he's no Jedi yet. He didn't like that one bit. I wrote down, I hate this so well, much. That was a rude thing to say. It was. That it was, was a very rude thing to say in front of him. <laughs> she could have been a little bit nicer about it. She could have been like, I, I respect that, but he's not. She's like, oh, no, 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 no. He, he's not that. He's this. And he could have been more humble about it for sure, but she like totally snaps back. Right. So Kenobi. I think it's just rude. So finally, Kenobi finds uh, Kamino. Nothing but rain, much like this film. Nothing in this frame. I wrote down nothing in the frame is practical. Um, yeah. Kenobi. So the the Kaminoans are telling uh, Obi Wan that the army is ready, and Obi Wan has no idea what he, what they're talking about. So they give him a tour. They tell him, okay, pl- okay. Interesting plot point. Remember this, everyone. The Kaminoans told Obi Wan, Master Sifo-Dyas ordered the clone army remember that everybody remember that it's in my brain so we're at that point of the movie guys okay so so they go out so they're in this like this lake house um by um the uh, recommendation of the uh naboo government um so they walk out on the uh on the patio they're, um, Padme's talking about, uh, her old youth program and how she would do stuff, like, lying on the sand, and here we go. I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough, and it gets everywhere. But everybody remembers that line. Not what, not the line after that. This, the line after that is more outrageous. I wrote... All this in caps. So, not this is a direct quote. Not like here. Everything here is soft and smooth. Stares at Padme. He <laughs> caresses her back. He caresses her back. She looks okay with this. Here's the thing about that. Like, I the second line is just a strong representation of the bad use of adjectives in the script. Like, there's so many times where people are like, "That was a senseless and useless act," and it's just the most common. Like, a three year old could think of that shit. But then, the the coarse and rough and gets everywhere. That that's such a weird thing to say to somebody that only someone who's from a planet entirely encompassing of sand would ever say it's just super weird it's just weird so she's okay so she's okay with so literally wrote down she's okay with this they kiss she's in love with this freak she pulls away now she's not okay with him this is the worst yes i i feel like i just want to test this theory just mildly in real life to go up to a girl and say, I hate sand. It's coarse, tense, and gets everywhere. And hope that I get that that, that reaction. See, here, here's the thing. It didn't it didn't just happen. He didn't just say it. It was part of the conversation. It was something that they were talking about, and it still comes across weird. It's yeah. just it's just thing. Like he has every reason to say it, but he just him saying it, it's weird. It has to, it has a lot to do with the fact that we've seen how creepy this guy already is. 
<laughs> so it's like, was he just sitting at home, like, rubbing sand all over himself? Like, <laughs> it gets everywhere? How did you get it everywhere? What? Oh, I don't want to think about that. That's it. We don't want to think about sand in Anakin Skywalker's privates. <laughs> so... We get a, I narrowed it down, guys. That's the real thing. We get it. We get a break from there. We go to, back to Kamino. So they're the Kaminoans are giving um giving Kenobi a, a tour of the facility. I wrote down why clones. And let me explain that. Why isn't it a be- okay? You guys are probably much more smarter in this area than I am. So wouldn't it have been a better idea instead of? One army being droids and one army being clones of the same person. Why not just have two armies, like two armies of made up of people that are fighting for two separate ideals and drive that home? Why are we getting clones and droids? They're just expendable. So why so, should we care about them? So, so uh, Chris, to actually go off on this, there is actually, believe it or not, a great idea going on there honestly so <laughs> you have you have two factions here you know what i mean both who believe they're doing what's right you know right that are using armies of effectively faceless individuals you know you look at the clones they're wearing you know clone armor but let's be honest it's stormtrooper armor okay right which <clears throat> is heavily based and designed around Nazi uniforms right. back in the day. So the idea is that you it's it's the idea of do you like you know it's the idea of the the government that's willing to manufacture anything to get to its ends it's it's me its end goal which is you know based on what we end up seeing later in the movie is just you know, either, you know, genocide or, you know, pure enslavement or, you know, uh, an alternative motive that results in the death of of billions or a government who's known to be politically corrupt using a faceless army that could be believed to be, you know, you know, I'm going to use this term very lightly, space Nazis. um, Right. Who, you know, whose, you know, leader is goal in life is to eradicate this small religious organization yeah like they're not they don't hide it when jar jar binks goes up and makes that decision to allow the chancellor to be in power uh, on an emergency basis like that's how hitler got his power that's exactly how he got his power exactly how he kept it it's actually a huge allegory for you know world war ii where you know the separatists are this you know this representation of the united states while, you know, the Republic is Germany. <laughs> okay. So I just thought that would be a better idea than what we got. I don't know how it would have gotten I wouldn't know I don't know how it would have gotten well, to us to four, but you know. Well like I mean here the thing is when, when George Lucas started this, he wasn't really interested in the dynamics of the countries that or the planets that were fighting. He was more interested in uh making a remake of the Hidden Fortress. Yep. That's what he wanted to do. Like it built from there, so for him to keep the story going, he could either make it more interesting by actually writing two factions with themes that are driven through societal uh, decisions, but or you could use the easy route that's used in almost every sci-fi nowadays, which is space Nazis, 
and just use that emblem because we all know it very we all know it well it's history it's part of our dna and it will get in a it will get a reaction from people immediately they understand it because it actually happened it's it's sadly a more in a lot of times it's a good way to get other things in your film out there so you don't have to worry about those dynamics but really, it was just a lazy way for him to go back to the special effects and not worry about characters or the universe he's trying to build. Okay, I'll take it. So they're talking about where all the clones come from. Brings up Jango Fett. Um, then we got a like a an oh like then we got um, some of the clone army assembling. And I'm just like, it was entirely CGI, and it just bothered me. Why does again? It does get real people. So we go, we'll go back. We go back to An- we go back to Anakin and Padme. I wrote down no, not again with these two. Uh, they're having a picnic in a plane. <laughs> I'm just gonna read my notes verbatim. Um, where is my Star War? Politics. So much talking. I don't buy this relationship one bit. I don't care. Anakin is writing a tumor with head and limbs. Should have stayed down. They are psych- they are psychologically disturbed. That's literally what I wrote down. <laughs> that's, that's pretty on point. Uh, yeah. So, go back to... But that's my point. Like, they right. focus on the romance way more than they should this other thing, because then, right after all this happens, and Obi-Wan, like, goes to that planet, every, all this, there's a huge info dump. And you get the villain of the movie in the last, like, half an hour. So, back to Kamino. Obi-Wan meets with the meets with Boba and Jango Fett. Um, so we Obi-Wan's questioning Jango. Uh, he, it was fruitless. I wrote down I, I wrote down I hate Lucas's directing. Okay, so remember so here's my here's this is the moment that broke that broke me and caused me to yell at my dad. So remember earlier the Kemi Noan said that Master Sifo Dias was the one who ordered the clone army. Yes. So when Kenobi asked him who like when Kenobi a- asked him who hired him to be the uh the blueprint for the uh, clone army, he said it was a guy called Tyrannus and he also claimed he had never met Tyrannus, you know, he had never met Sifo-Dyas. That's not right. I did not like this one bit. That's backwards, I wrote down. That's so backwards. Like, the same guy. The, like, the, the guy who got Django to be the to be the to be the, the, the blueprint and the guy who ordered the clone army are two separate people as far as they know? And as far oh. as we know? So, 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 Chris, so, Chris, let me, let me, let me alleviate you a little bit, okay? No, I don't believe this! Okay, so. <laughs> this is okay. so wrong! Okay, okay, I, I completely agree with you, but I'm gonna play devil's advocate here, okay? Okay, okay. So, so, so there's a, there's obviously, you know, the, the whole point why they establish that is that they're trying to create, you know, the, you know, like Robles was talking about earlier, is that there is this detective story that's going on with Kenobi. 
he has this is the first time you know this is like well this, I shouldn't say this is the first time that no no I would say this is the first time that information he's been given does not add up correctly you know yeah that you know he he keeps exactly, getting these yes. clues where it's like oh they deleted this planet because there's something going on there he later finds out oh it's because you know you know a guy he knew way back in the day you know, is making an army just in case. Oh, my and God. Then, and then he talks to this guy, and he's finally given this realization that doesn't make sense. I have been told by these guys that this guy made it, and now I'm being told by the guy who's literally the blueprint for it that it's something else. So this is the first time where he's starting to get this hint of, you know, the, empire, doesn't smell right. the empire stuff, you know, the, the, the fact that, you know, you know, there are other people at play here and that there are other things at play that we obviously later don't find out till the third movie that, you know, there's this big, huge plot going on and that, you know, one guy was playing both sides. Yeah, I think I think Zach caught on to that better than I do, but I actually think that makes way more sense. I think that was just a bad, bad execution of a pretty simple mystery idea, which is that... He keeps getting things that don't make sense, and the more they don't make sense, the more he realizes he's got to figure this thing out. Yes. I got to follow this guy. This, like, the more I think about that, the more I think about this, the more it breaks the movie for me, and I'll get to that. I, I promise I will get to that later. I just got to chug along here. So, sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I, I wrote down, okay, I wrote this in all caps. Django claims he never met Cypher Diaz. This movie is A, backwards. We're not even halfway through. I hate Lucas's approach to acting. You know, yeah. uh, faster and more intense. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. So, uh, Anakin and Padme again. They're over dinner. I wrote this. So, I, wrote, I also wrote this in all caps. Dinner, more talking, make it stop. <laughs> So, he's wooing her with moving fruit with the force. Now they're in love room with mood lighting. Uh, they start out with kind of an awkward silence. This is where Dad had to leave the room because he actually couldn't take this. Um, so, Anakin is, Anakin is confessing his feelings in the most Shakespearean way. That would just be the most cringiest thing you'd ever... Like, imagine Anakin's your friend and he's doing this in public and he's doing it right next to you. That's how uncomfortable I felt. And that's how uncomfortable my dad felt. Watching this, you mean this like when so he was on the couch? Yes, when he was on the couch sitting with her by the fire. Does anybody else find it weird that they're having dinner and then they're in different outfits and she's in like an incredibly like she's in a sultry outfit and she's in a dark room with the campfire like this fireplace and he's like confessing and she's like, I don't know where this is coming from. We can't do this. Like, what are you? What are you doing? This is whole. It, it, just from an editing standpoint, it's super weird. I also, I, I did, I did a, I wrote a lot of, a lot of things down in all caps, including uh, Anakin's quote. I am haunted by the kiss you should never have given me. P- close quote. This is. Um, Pad- Padme is still just, not a just cringeworthy. I was laughing a lot. I would laugh more, way more at that than I was at anything. Jar Jar Binks was doing right. or Jake Lloyd was doing in the first movie. That stuff was annoying. This stuff I find hilarious. 
Padme is still not okay with this for not the real reasons. Like, she's not saying she's creeped out. That's the real reason that I would buy. Anymore. She's not saying it anymore. She said it very clearly at the beginning. Like, no, you're creepy. You're deranged. Stay away from me. That's what she should have said. She, so She was like, don't stare at me this way. It's making me uncomfortable. That was a pretty clear hint. Anakin's... Yeah. So... Anakin suggests keeping it a secret. Padme declines. So, they keep cutting back and forth and back and forth between Kenobi and Anakin and Kenobi and Anakin. It's just like... So, Kenobi debriefs Mason Yoda. They didn't... They claim they didn't issue an army. Obi-Wan must bring Jango in. So, Anakin, so then we come back to Anakin. He's having nightmares about Shmi. Decides he'll go and save her. Padme goes with him. I also wrote... I also wrote down, D this dialogue to H. <laughs> Action, finally. I, um, so Obi-Wan goes to, um, bring in Django, and Django, uh, puts up a and then we finally get some kind of action, which was all right. <laughs> now, here's my thing. Here's the funniest thing. Not one clone trooper in this movie, not one, was real. Yet, Django was completely practical. That was a real guy in a real suit. That's hilarious. Yeah. That is hilarious. Why? That I find funny. Why? Because the I mean, blueprint is real. The clothes are fake. Like, why, why spend money on other people when we can just put these fake people here and have one guy do the job? Yep. So it's cheaper. I wrote down, um, it's not horrible... CGI is CGI. Um, so they all... So, Obi-Wan falls up to, like... Obi-Wan kicks Jank. So they, they end up getting, like, tied together by some, like, rope. I forget exactly how. But, so, Obi-Wan kicks Jango off. But he fails to realize that he was tied to Jango. So he flies off, too. And so, any, so no, Obi-Wan falls off the edge. And he's falling. So he's hanging on by Jango. So Django cuts the cuts the cord, and then <laughs> Obi Wan throws the cord against like some kind of like rope, and then he swings back onto a uh, onto a catwalk. And I'm like, this guy, this guy, like he's a cat. He's a cat. I I swear, like he's a cat. This guy, this guy. <laughs> um, I got I got to be honest. I like. I liked that there was a fist fight in this movie. I liked that there was an actual, like, fight right. in this movie. I thought that was cool, but I, I did think that the CGI was terrible. Um, and I did, thought, I thought it sucked that it was in the rain. I didn't want it to be in the rain. I wanted it to look better and not be all, right. like, gray and drabby, but you got to get your Blade Runners in, I guess. So, Obi-Wan fails to catch Django, but he puts a pa but manages to throw a tracker onto his ship. He's got a good arm. But he's, yeah, got he he's got the force. He's got the force, though, so I'll, I'll give it a pass. So now, so now, Anakin, so now, Anakin and Padme go to Tatooine. They meet um, um, homeless poor Watto. And so they talk for about a minute. They talk for about a minute, basically saying Watto sold Shmi to some guy. That's basically it. I feel like that. That okay. So to talk about that scene a little bit, I feel like. They could have bypassed that scene almost entirely without reintroducing Watto at all. Where they could have, like, 
done something better to explain, oh, she's not with Watto anymore. Even if it, like, was... They're walking down the street of, you know, Mos Eisley or something, and they just over... And, you know, over, you know Anakin and Padme just overhear this conversation, like, oh, did you hear, you know, blah, 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 so blah, blah, you know what I mean, or something like that. Like, at this point in Anakin's life... He is a known Jedi. Like, he is a known Jedi. People know where he came from. They know his his whole spiel. Right. You know? I, I mean, I, I would like... say... Here are, my two th- here are my two things to that scene. A, I agree. You don't have to have it in there. In fact, a better way to do it would be that you find out then and there that Anakin always knew what happened to his mother. That mm-hmm. he always knew that she was sold and married a guy and was fine. But yeah. didn't know that she was in trouble. That would show that he was still sneaky, still possessive, and still obsessive. And we find it out there later in the movie when Padme does, and that would be a way better reveal than us seeing all that stuff. With that said, I actually liked the performance of the voice actor who played Watto. I actually thought that, I don't know what it was in his voice, but I actually believed him more than I believed anybody else in the movie who said just about anything. Right. I remember Watto way more than I do pretty much anything else there was just something about that moment where he's like oh my god he's a jedi the things that i've done to this kid i sold his mom and he's asking about her and he's he means serious business right now like there's a lot going through his head in that moment that i feel like the actor understood and probably because he was in a booth and didn't have george lucas there was probably just like fuck i'm gonna i'm just gonna do this my way so then we got pretty much in my opinion the best scene of the whole movie um, we got Kenobi, so Kenobi tracks, um, the Fets to, uh, Geonosis, and they have that, they have the space chase in the, um, in the asteroid field. I, uh, wrote down, CGI and sound design meet in holy matrimony, mm. and, uh, young Bubba almost ruins it, because he was just being like, get him, dad, get him, fire! Yeah, he's terrible. That little <laughs> kid's awful. So, pretty much, so they're, like, fighting, so they're, like, they're chasing each other back and forth, and then we got like the um, the son the sonic bombs, and it was like it looked like I I can imagine seeing this in a theater and just being like wowed. Instead, I was seeing it in my living room, um, because I was hardly alive at that time. So let me look here. I, so yeah, I, I saw it in the theater. It was not that great. Oh really? Okay. All right. So. So they cha- so um, dang, I forget what happens. So the Fets fire a torpedo at uh, Obi Wan. He avoids it, but they think he's dead because they saw an explosion. So that must mean he's dead. So they they go onto the surface, but Obi Wan follows him, of course. Sneaks onto the planet. So now we're back on Tatooine. R two, of course, has to wait the ship. We got the return of C three PO finally. Then takes him to the Lars family with Luke's future foster parents. I thought that was cool. Stuff like that is kind of cool. Yeah. Like, on paper, it's cool. And this movie was not presented as, like, ooh. Um, no, it was just sort of like a matter-of-fact thing. Here, yeah. Here's this family. By the way, this is how Luke Skywalker probably got here right. and all this stuff, but... It, it, I, I, I agree. It was nice to see this sort of element happen. It was nice to to see this kind of small 
moment happen before what was ultimately going to happen later. I, right. I did appreciate, like, I appreciated an actual set. Right. I think that helped. I think because they were actually someplace that wasn't green screen, it actually kind of helped. Right. So um, they meet uh, Shmi's husband. I forgot what his name was. It was something weird. This guy was the best actor in the whole movie. Fight me. What You forgot what his name was? No. But, no, like, his character's name. I can't, I, it was something weird. But, this Lars. guy, yeah, it was like something Lars, but this guy, this guy was the best actor in the whole movie. I dare you to fight me on this. I, like, I remember his acting much better than, like, like, I, yeah, is, it was the best actor in the whole movie. He had the best performance. He's a best actor, yeah. Yeah. I liked him a lot. I, like I said, I liked this whole moment. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Shmi's husband says the same people took Shmi away, and, uh, she's been gone a month. Anakin says, go, Anakin's gonna go to find her, uh, Padme, uh, try, like, Padme tries to stop him, I guess. All I wrote down was Padme is falling for this, is, for this creep. Um, and then we got the, we got a speeder montage. Now, it was blatantly obvious, like, this CGI has not aged well, this is very dated CGI. I didn't mind the shot, but I agree it didn't look great. But I will like, say, I like, I like they were going for. the composition of like him riding a speeder in the sunset, I thought was cool enough. I, th- I like that visual uh, in a vacuum. I like that visual in a vacuum. But I know this is the only time in this movie that Duel of the Fates is played during the speeder montage. That is outrageous. Yeah. Outrageous. So now we go back to... Now, mean, when else would you play it? What what other moment would you play it? At? Anywhere else! You would play it it's over... Such, it's such an insignificant a, scene. A giant cow-like animal and falling down and faking getting hurt. No, put it in the Battle of Geonosis. Actually, don't have it in this movie. Don't, don't, don't play, don't, do not, like, don't put it, it in this movie. It don't doesn't in movie. belong in this movie. It doesn't belong in this it movie. Doesn't, it, like, this whole sinister it. thing doesn't belong in, the only moment it belongs at is here, right here, when he's turning evil, but, like, it's not when he's riding a speeder, it's when he's killing those dudes. Yeah. So now... And they don't, they do riding a speeder. So now they're on two, so now we have Obi-Wan and Geonosis, and Anakin and Padme and Tatooine, two... Planets that are almost ge- uh, geographically the same. So now it's getting even harder for like a casual watcher to tell the two apart. I just thought I, that that the little stuff like that bothers me. So oh, there's Ron, a lot of desert planets in Star Wars. That is true. So Obi Wan. So we're on Geonosis. Obi Wan is sneaking around the villain factory or palace. Sees all the droids being made. So he's sneaking around, even. As the, even as Count Dooku, who was introduced via dialogue from about a half an hour ago, is now introduced in this scene. And as they're walking past Obi-Wan hiding behind a pillar. And Dooku doesn't sense him one bit. I don't think he did. I might be wrong. That's, that's very true. He should have sensed Obi-Wan, but... uh... The force in this movie is so weird. It's so backwards. Yeah, there's really no explanation to that. 
So now we're back on uh, Tatooine. We're in the Tusken Raider camp. Um, Anakin cuts through the Anakin cuts through the wall of one of the tents, and he's not heard by anybody. Um, he finds a okay. This I feel like this scene made me really think something, and uh, I want to see what you guys think. I think if George Lucas didn't direct this. It honestly should have been... Because I, I watched Looper recently. I think Ryan Johnson should have made this movie. If I were to pick anybody to make this movie, it's Ryan Johnson. Because... I... I, okay, I, go ahead. I like Ryan Johnson if someone had given him this script. If this movie didn't exist now and they wanted to make these Star Wars prequels, yeah, I would have given them to... I would have given them to anybody other than Lucas. But, <laughs> I, yeah, I think Ryan Johnson's really... I think he would have made the whole scene where they're doing, like, getting away from the robots and the fighting droids and all that. I think it would have been really fun, but I, I think Spielberg should have done these movies. Hmm. I, I think Spielberg should have stepped up and been like, I'll take a hold of you. I think these would have been amazing. If we'd have had Spielberg-directed prequels, he would have made that dialogue work. He would have made these moments better. I, I would have loved it. But Ryan Johnson making the next one is exactly the reason why I'm going to see the next one. So I, I, I love Ryan Johnson. So, like, this scene where he's, like, holding his dying mother is so pivotal. And I feel like this movie was, is so desperate. Like, okay, hang on. Let me, re let, me, let me just read my note for this scene. This scene would have been the greatest scene of all time if everything before this wasn't utter garbage. Agree? I think the dialogue in this scene is also pretty weird. I, th like, I think she's like, oh my god, is that you, Annie? Oh my god, you're so handsome. And now I'm complete. And then she dies, and it's like, what? Come on. Okay. I, I, don't, I don't think it works very well. Alex, write, this, write the dialogue for this scene in your head. And tell me it would not, it, it, and tell me it would not have been great. What? No, dialogue. The, dialogue the, the dialogue between Anakin and his dying mother. Yeah, I don't like it. So write it in your head how you would have done it. And then tell me that I, would have been the greatest scene of all time. Okay, I mean, if you... I'm not a big fanboy of the series. I'm not... A, I, I don't know what the best moments are in Star Wars. That, okay, fair. I really fair. don't. Like, what affects me is a little bit differently. I think what probably would have been the most... I agree. It's a, it's a certainly a pivotal moment. It should be the most impactful one. And I do think everything that comes before it absolutely just urinates all over it. It, it makes... The, the acting is terrible. You don't like Anakin. The most important thing is that you don't like Anakin. So you don't care that his mother dies. You, you're, she's dying there and you're like, oh, cool. I, this, this jerk's mom died. Now he's going to be more of a jerk. Yay. I'm going to have to watch an even angrier jerk talk about how he slaughtered all of them. <laughs> so, Shmi dies, then Anakin, in a scene we are not shown for whatever reason. Yeah, he we don't Kills all the same people. He just kills them all. That should be when Duel of Fates is playing. That They should be, they should be the entire track to a Kingsman church scene style murder rampage. Oh, yeah. That would have been great. 
we should see we should be seeing his silhouette on the wall and his cape flying and we should be thinking Vader. Right. But we're not. We don't, you don't think anything. So we go, so we wipe back to the temple, uh Yoda senses Anakin's pain. That's it. Back to Geonosis, Obi Wan tries contacting Anakin, find out he's not on the boo anymore, and he gets mad. I'm really I'm really just blowing right through this here. So Anakin brings Mii's body back to the to the house. Whines about he should have been more powerful. Says he killed them all, including the women and the children. Coming across very childish. I wrote down this could have been so much better. They uh, they bury me. This really could have been. I I wrote this down because I as a fan of the franchise. I wrote this down. I wrote I wrote down this really could have been the best film ever made. Um, and uh, then that's when R two had a message for from, from Kenobi. Uh, I, I, I mean, man. that scene is really bad, but I think the thing that I noticed the most having just watched it is I've seen it several times and I'm waiting for the lines that make me laugh or the lines that I think are bad. I want to see if there's any moments of acting I can sense, but all I could see this time around was that blue milk. <laughs> she, she, <laughs> she brings blue milk in and I could not take my eyes off it. I'm like, you just had to put that there, Lucas. You had to put that blue milk into this scene, this most important scene where he's crying his heart out. You just had to make those fanboys go, ooh, blue milk. So, um, the message of Kenobi says that, uh, that, uh, the, they have, that Dooku has assembled the, oh yeah, when, um, Dooku had all the, uh, the trade for, had all the, um, the separatists, uh, parties, I was like, Hey, let's form a separatist alliance. Everybody's like, yeah! I know, they're so bored. So, that's, Kenobi reports that to the... Because then he has to relay it to Anakin, who has to relay it to the Jedi Temple. No, to the, um... Yeah, whatever. Um, Essentially, the Jedi Temple. So, he, uh... So, then he gets... So, then he gets... Shows him gets getting ch- captured from the... On the hologram from a Jordica. Um, Padme wants to go save him. Uh, Mace says, uh, tells Anakin to, uh, stay where you are. Protect the, protect the sender. Padme wants to go save him. Anakin is indifferent at this point because he's a snotty, snotty brat. Um. He's a murderer now. Yeah. So. He's just straight up, he's acting like one, too. It's crazy. Yeah. So. Padme literally just forces him to go to. Uh, Geonosis because um, she flies the ship there just takes off like hey doesn't even say goodbye to the Lars how rude yeah they take their they take his droid and leave <laughs> so now we go back to Palpatine's office this is this literally this breaks the movie so you have um so they're all talking and they so one of the one of the guys um, brings up the the clone army. So now everybody's okay with the fact that the Jedi have an army they didn't commission. Ah! There's that yell. I was waiting for that. Ah! I hate this movie. Yeah, it's pretty dumb. That's pretty bad everyone's like oh my gosh there's separatists and they're form- we we have an army the jedi have an army the peaceful peaceful warriors that we of peace have an army yeah use them <laughs> uh so
But they argue about whether war is whether or not war is inevitable. They propose giving um, Palpatine emergency powers to make the army official. So back at Geonosis, Dooku and um, Kenobi, who is captured, have an exchange, and uh, it's been speculated. Like I've heard it being said, like people really don't know what Dooku re Dooku is. Like, is he a villain or a hero, or like the hero of his own story, or something like that? It's it's weird to it's weird to tell what he is, unless I unless I, I'm unless he, I'm dumb. He feels like he's doing the right thing, but it comes across because he's working with the separatists as bad. The thing is, it doesn't matter whether his intentions are good or not. He's being manipulated by the Chancellor, and everyone that feels true. that way. Anakin thinks that he's doing the right thing by the end of the movie, but he's just been turned. That is true. So, Dooku more or less admits... Admit, okay, I had to think about this scene, and I came to the logical conclusion. I wrote down, Dooku more or less admits that Sidious controls the Senate. And I'm like... And I literally thought at first... Was, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I, th I thought that exact thought for years, and I was waiting for it this time, and he goes... The Dark Sith controls the Senate. And I was like, ah, yeah, the Senate's pretty big. He may just have bought a lot of people. I he know. He doesn't really say. I was like, couldn't you draw the conclusion that Palpatine controls the Senate? Like, oh, did he say that Palpatine is Sidious? That's what I was, that's what oh, the, that was my line of thinking. I haven't drawn that conclusion already. The Jedi are dumb. They don't <laughs> even know that people can delete crap from their maps. <laughs> So he wants. So of course he wants Obi Wan to join him, and uh, Kenobi uh, politely declines. So we're back on Coruscant. We're in <laughs> so we're back on Coruscant. Jar Jar gives emergency powers to Palpatine, all but sealing the fate of the galaxy before Episode Four. Mace will gather. Mace says he'll. Yeah. Mace says he'll gather the Jedi to go to. Geonosis and Yoda will visit Kamino. Back at Geonosis, Anakin and Padme land. Uh, Padme still believes a diplomatic solution is possible because she says, I know this is a war factory, but I still say, I don't want to go into a war here because there may be a diplomatic solution. Woman, you're in war! It is a factory built to build death droids and you want a diplomatic solution to... Ugh! Yeah, they could. Those droids could be turned into kitchen droids. <laughs> My only response to that is Roger, Roger. <laughs> God. Roger, 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 Roger. <laughs> so I wrote down. So I wrote down. Padme still believes a diplomatic solution is possible. What an idiot. Yes, agreed. I don't know why. Yeah. I, I don't know why I wrote this down. Three PO and R two bicker as usual. R two goes to follow them. Actually, I know. Okay, so R two goes to follow them. So Anakin and uh, Padme they get made. Uh, they stumble around the factory in a weak action scene. Did I think this was I the only one who thought this was weak? The what? The Jedi's fighting in the arena? No, not the arena. The uh, the factory. Anakin and Padme stumbling around the uh, factory. Um. I didn't think it was bad. Uh, I again, if this was made by Spielberg, it'd be perfect. But I, I that this is the moment where I, for me it gets interesting. This for me is the moment that for the next forty minutes until I'd say the last ten minutes, 
so there's a good half an hour of this movie that feels like a Star Wars movie to me. Right. When they're in that factory, when they get to the arena and you see the monsters, yeah, it all looks terrible. Yeah, it's bad CGI. But at the same time, I feel like I'm watching an old Star Wars movie. That's right. the only moment in the entire prequels where I'm like, I don't care if any of this matters. I don't care if it's any connected. I feel like I'm watching a space adventure movie. So... I, t- I wrote so so I wrote down three uh, PO as Homer Simpson because he's f- like like his head takes the body of a battle droid and his body gets the head of a battle droid. That does that happen a lot on the Simpsons. Like he is Homer Simpson. So then we got flying R two. Thoughts. I'd say that I would say that's more of a Bender from Futurama thing, but yeah, yeah, pretty close. Thoughts on flying R two. Thoughts on flying R two? Um, I think it's a. I don't. I don't mind that R two can fly. I just think it's dumb that they ever decided to do that in a prequel. That's just a dumb decision. He's never done it before. Why would you ever put it there? Uh, just why? Why would you ever do it? It's fine, uh, but why? It's super dumb. So Padme almost melted into molten steel, but R two comes in the clutch. Anakin's lightsaber is chopped in half. Both are caught. That's all I got. Now we're at the arena. Uh, Padme finally admits love for Anakin. He can't even believe it. <laughs> yeah. So they're tied. So they get tied to pillars and will be um, executed by three by a three-horned shriveled rhino, an evolved xenomorph, and a giant cat. Yeah, they're not bad. I, I don't. I don't mind. Uh, how they look, they are poorly CGI'd, but at the end of the day, I was like, ooh, cool, three monsters. Yeah, okay, cool, sweet. No, it was different. I just wanted something different, right. and they gave me something different. Finally. I was happy. Zach, are you still alive? It's a sad, sad, sad form of happy, but I was happy. Zach is dead. Okay, so... Let's see. So... Zach is dead? Zach is dead. He, I don't know where he is. He's he's not He's not talking to me. He's not talking. Talk, Zach! Talk! Fine, don't talk. Okay. Um. <laughs> so, Anakin has a bad feeling about this. They all escape their bonds easily. Easily. Uh, the cat scratches uh, Padme's back, giving her a crop top. Um, Anakin is... I've, I'm just going to write down what I... I'm just going to say what I wrote down. Anakin is riding the rhino. Obi-Wan is evading the xenomorph. Needs saber now. Cat is destroyed by Rhino. Padme's groin is not destroyed from that fall. Obi-Wan is weak against this thing. Droidica's abruptly end the fiasco. <laughs> I, I was like, yeah, she took that pretty well, too. Yeah. Took that. Okay, so the Jedi arrive. Um, they start the melee with the, uh, with the droid army. A lot of things happening. Jango kills one of the Jedi very easily. Just like shoots, just like shoots him dead. Kills the Rhino after yeah. being bested by it, like being run over. Um, he did, Mace, does that little like gun poorly thing after he shoots him, and I was like, you you deserve to do that because it's hard <laughs> to kill a Jedi, but you shouldn't do that. <laughs> so um, then Mace Windu beheads Jango Fett as Boba watches. What is with these Jedi and dismembering people? Yeah, they're all they're all about the amputees. 
I mean, that's a pretty that you only get one amputee when you cut the head off. Like you can't go much further than that. It's nope. kind of the end game. It's like a checkmate. But uh, yeah, Lucas loves that sort of thing. I just thought it was dumb that you see this Boba Fett guy and you think he's cool and then he dies right away in the original trilogy. And it's sort of the same thing here with his dad. It's like, oh, here's an arena fight and you're going to see him like kill some people and do some crazy stuff. And nope, he's just dead. So, Fleur, so um, Anakin and Padme are together during this whole melee and they're flirting as people are dying. As you would do. As you would do. So Kenobi finally As kills. Kenobi finally kills a xenomorph. R two is trying to repair um, C three PO's head to his normal body, and he's not getting shot at all. Like he's not getting hit at all. Mm-hmm. So Jedi are overwhelmed. They're about to be finished off. The clone, and then the clone army arrives. Like okay, Dooku gives them one more chance to surrender. They say no. Droids are about to kill him. Then the clone army arrives. Can't lie, thought this was kind of got the. I thought this was awesome. Just that whole moment where the clone army is just like decimating the droids in the arena. That I thought that was yeah. cool. Yeah, I think, like I said, I think at this, I think it at this point it starts to get really, I like I, I just think the boringness of the first movie, it, versus the stupid action of this one, is not bad. I, I would take this over Phantom Menace any day of the week. This last 40 minutes is fine. I can make fun of the entire hour and a half before it much easier than I can make fun of everything before the Duel of the Fates lightsaber battle in Phantom. Um, I wrote down Yoda should not be should not be giving orders due to his uh, bad grammar. But that's true. Yeah, it doesn't work. He shouldn't be. Because then you got to wait for him to say what he's going to say. He's like, okay, okay, we got this. Kill this guy? Um, I must not. Okay, yeah, okay, got it. So, you should say the last part first. <laughs> so, so, Boba, so now they all leave. They all, uh, so all the Jedi escape, and then the battle goes elsewhere. Boba picks up Jango's head. And you know that, and there's this joke around the community where Jango's head should have slid out of, his, slid mm-hmm. out, slid out of the mm-hmm. helmet. You know? <laughs> what, what was that? So, you know how, like, Boba picks up uh, Jango's helmet? After after the battle's yeah. over and it moves elsewhere, peop, uh, Star Wars fans yeah. kind of wanted Jango's head to slide out of the helmet. Yeah, I would have liked that. That would have been just that would have been so fitting for what was about to happen to. It uh, would have been nice. It would have been nice. So, uh, Battle of Genosis begins. I wrote down really robotic because everything. CGI. Um, I forgot how cool everything was designed. Um, all the, all the droid, all the new droids that we got looked cool. All the clone vehicles look, look kind of cool. I wrote down, this is the Star War I want. And then immediately after that, Dooku going from one hangar to another to leave, the, to another hangar to leave the planet. Like he was in one hangar, could have left with the Viceroys, but didn't. And then he has to go, he has to take a speeder to another hangar. Ugh. A lot of hangers. Yeah. So both. Ar- I also. I also wrote down both armies of CGI. Kind of saddened me. So. <laughs> Anakin's gunship stumble like so they destroy one of the uh one of the giant balls, and it comes down causes this giant sandstorm, and so then Anakin and Obi Wan and Padme they're all in the same gunship, 
So they... It flies. It flies through the sandstorm. It stumbles out, and then... Right in front of them, Dooku. On his speeder. Going to the hangar. Easy! Yeah. Yeah. So... So, yeah, um, so there were two escorts with Dooku. They fall behind the, uh, the gunship they're on, and they, they're just shooting at it. Um, Padme, um, falls out of the gunship. It had to have been, like, a good 15-foot fall. She's not, then, then she, she landed right on her back, and I'm like, she didn't die from that fall. Cool. No. Uh, that was a pretty gnarly fall. Yeah, I thought that was weird. I thought it was weird that she was just standing by the door. Like, shouldn't the troops who were gonna get out first should be standing by the door? Right. And then she just falls out, and I'm like, you're probably paralyzed. But <laughs> Anakin, she wasn't. Uh, Anakin wants to save her. Obi wants sna- wants to save her. Uh, Anakin and uh, Obi Wan sna- snapped him out of it. Uh, the droid army's in retreat. Yoda asks for a ship. In perfect vocabulary. A ship you must bring me. Why didn't he say that? that ruined Yoda. Um, hang on. Where am I? Okay, so Anakin number one, uh, score off with Dooku. Uh, Anakin the hotcake gets struck by lightning. So then Kenobi and uh, Dooku duel. Kenobi loses, of course. Does not get horribly dismembered. Why? Dooku had him easy. Did not horribly dismember him. Didn't need to. He's gonna dismember Anakin. Right. He's about to kill uh, Obi Wan, but Anakin comes in just and stops it. Him and Dooku now duel. Now you say this vi- this 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 movie is a visual disaster. I think I have to give Lucas some credit. In my opinion, he had some cool ideas because I like the idea of seeing. I, I somehow like the idea of Anakin and Dooku dueling in the dark and the only lighting is their lightsabers i like that for some reason that is not bad but that's also something that was pretty much done in the older movies most of the older movies like most of the lighting is just sparse except for the actual lightsabers themselves it's 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 a nice idea because it can look sharper here um I don't think it's necessarily anything new. It does look good. It looks great. I don't mind it. It takes a. It's just nice to see a very sort of personal moment in a in a sword fight. That a sword fight can be a sword fight, but the moment you put something that's a little stylish and personal, uh, it gets interesting. So, um, so this weird. So how? So Anakin gets his arm cut off, and he does it so weird, cause like, he holds his hands out. Like if you notice that he holds his hands out, like away from away from his his his, uh, his body, and then his right arm gets cut off. <laughs> like why did you hold your arms out from your body? Use your lightsaber, I man. Bad editing. I think it's bad editing, but it did look weird. So Dooku beats him. They're both around. Yoda. Then Yoda arrives. Him and Dooku toy with each other for a bit. Lightsabers are drawn. So, like, I noticed, I, I watched uh, Mr. Sunday's video about Yoda, about, about Yoda in the prequels. Like, him, like, he said, like, he says, like, why, like, he didn't like Yoda's, um, like, fighting style. Like, he's flipping around. Why not just use the force to move your lightsaber? 
Like, isn't he... Did you, you'd think Yoda's more powerful, or, like, powerful enough to be above lightsabers? Anyway, just a thought. Just, just, just a thought. You know. Yes, that would be the smarter move and probably cooler, I would think, as an idea. I don't know. I don't know which one would be better, to be honest. If there, there is something about... I guess it takes away some of the tension and the conflict when you know that Yoda's getting close to that saber and that he could possibly be hit at any moment. It makes it more interesting. I like. I would have been fine with all the flipping and stuff that he did if he wasn't screaming. Yeah, the the voice the voice and the screaming doesn't help. Um. I guess that's intimidating. I would be intimidated. I guess. Yeah. So. <laughs> so Dooku distracts Yoda because he's about to crush Anakin Obi Wan with some fuel-looking thing, and then he uh, escapes. We're back on. So then, yeah, let me get that. So now, uh, Cor we're back on Coruscant. Dooku Dooku arrives at some secret outskirt place. Him and Sidious villain together. Come back. Yeah. Come back to the temple. Hello, combo. Come back to the temple. Kenobi, uh, Mace Windu, and Yoda basically do wrap-up. Uh, Yoda declares the beginning of the Clone War. Palpatine oversees Clone Army as they deploy. Um, we're back on Naboo. Anakin and Padme get married in secret. Anakin rocking the bling with his gold, his new golden arm. Um, <laughs> and uh, 3PO and R2 are the only witnesses. And then the film ended. I wrote down, I am still alive. I will never watch this movie again. I gave the movie an F. <laughs> Failure! Um, it is, I, would give, I would give Phantom Menace an F. I would give this maybe an F plus to a D minus. Like, uh, I don't think it's, I don't, I think those last, I think there's 30 minutes in this that's like solid. And I don't. I do sort of like the pod race and Phantom Menace, and I of course like the lightsaber battle, and that may together add up to thirty minutes, but they're not. They're two separate scenes. I think there's thirty minutes in this movie that solidly works beginning to end. The rest may not, but there's there's an adventure. There's a space adventure in here that I would watch uh, if it was like a TV show episode. If it was just an episode of TV, I'd fuck. I, I would just watch it. I would just. Watch this is like an HBO series. I'd find somebody. And get trapped in a in a factory, and then have to fight in an arena, and then they all get out of it. I would totally watch that. So yeah, Attack of the Clones, Attack of the Clones, a horrendous film. Um, it's bad. Like it's super bad. Like now that Force Awakens is out, and I'm like, and I was in that mood where I'm just like that Star Wars fanboy, and like yeah, the prequels suck, man. I always thought I was saying that, not giving actually the prequels a chance. And now that I'm giving the prequels a chance, they're actually bad. No, they're really bad. I people people ask this or ask me why are the prequels so bad? What was the big deal? And it's it's super easy. George Lucas had not made a movie for years, for decades. He had not directed or overseen a movie in decades, and he was so excited about computer generated effects he was so excited about the cgi because he put a lot of money in that just in general that that's all he cared about so he didn't care about uh actual framing and editing and maison scene and, and he hadn't written a script that worked in years he 
he didn't know how to direct a movie and they gave him all the money in the world to direct three of them of the most important series of films that have ever hit cinema since the 1970s. It was the worst mistake they ever could have made because it took two films for him to possibly make a third one that was good. And I kind of like Revenge of the Sith, but there's a lot of terrible dialogue in that movie. There's a lot of horrible moments in that movie, but it's it took two movies for him to make a good one, and that's that's why they're bad. Yeah, just all the... Uh, God almighty. It's just... Like, the bulk... Okay, what would you say is like... Okay, okay... Apart from the, apart from the, uh, I can't, I can't say they're like two different things, but like, I feel bad for pretty much everybody involved because, especially for Natalie Portman, because it, like, she was trying to give that performance of, like, I feel like, I have a theory. I know you listened to my, my, I know you listened to the, my Phantom Menace, the Phantom Menace review, but I have a theory about Natalie Portman. Like, she was trying to, like, give this... Like, I feel like she knew that George would not be this good actor-director. So she gave this performance of Padme, like, please get away from me. Instead of, like, slowly getting to him. Like, slowly falling for Anakin. Like, she gave this performance of, okay, you're a creep. Get away from me. Like, she knew that and was trying to do that. Intentionally. Like, that was all her. I thought, like that's my theory on it. I don't know. I don't know what you if, think. If that, if, if that was true, and she really was doing that, that just seems to me like a natural reaction to that script in those moments. No, but that then again, that is still Lucas's fault for not catching that and seeing that and being like, "Oh no, you're making the wrong decisions. You need to do this. This is how you're supposed to act around him." And she would look at him and be like. But this all feels wrong and weird and uncomfortable. And he'd be like, no, 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 no. You're supposed to be romantic with him. Like, he has to fix that. That's his job, to actually direct her. So she doesn't make decisions like that. Right. That, so that was... I mean, I, oh, the only God. person I think who comes out of this really with any true benefit out of any of these prequels is uh, Ewan McGregor. Because Ewan McGregor might actually get his own... Uh, Obi-Wan movie with somebody else directing, that would be great for him. He, he has the best performance out of all of these movies. He's the most thought-out, like, well-rounded character, and he is the only one that I would absolutely see carried on into his own movie, out of any of these movies. He's right. the only one that comes across well. Liam Neeson is highly forgettable because the scenes are highly forgettable, and his performance is sadly one note. It it just never really becomes it doesn't stick in your head after the second and third one because so much stuff happens and there's so much just visual stuff that you have to remember and that's like five and a half hours later right it, i i i would love to see an obi-wan movie I, after watching this again i would love to see more obi-wan i don't want to see him go to rainy planets and go on another mystery i want to see him like I, I like his adventure in the third movie where he goes to the Wookiee planet and has to fend for himself. I liked that. That was fun. Yeah. So that was the show, everybody. Uh, I'm, uh, I am my, I, my dander's up. Um, uh, so n I don't know what we'll do next week. We might do a double feature. Me and uh, my buddy Travis might do uh, Thor Ragnarok and uh, the animated Clone Wars movie 
Alex, I don't know if you heard of that one. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, yeah, I know they're around. I just never got around to them. Like, Rebels, I hear, is really, really good. No, there was a Clone Wars animated movie. I know you've heard of the show, but there was a movie. No, no, no. I, I know a lot about... I, 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 yeah, I, I know there's a movie. I just never got around to watching it. So, yeah. Hopefully next week is uh, Thor Ragnarok and um, that Clone Wars movie. But, um... Yeah, so, uh, I don't know where Zach went, but thank you, Zach. Thank you, Alex, for being on the show. Yeah, I don't know what happened either. Uh, thank you, Alex, for being on the show. I really yeah, appreciate um, it. I, I, I had fun, man, so I, I would love to come back on here. This stuff that I would love to show you and see your reaction about and stuff that I think, I, that I just genuinely think you would like. I don't want to bring you on here to show you a, a scary movie or something truly messed up. <laughs> to try and get your weird reaction. I, I think there's stuff out there that it would be really fun to talk to you about. But um I feel but uh there is one review I wanna talk I wanna pitch to you. I'm thinking about doing a looper, like right before episode eight comes out. I don't know if you'd be down for that. Absolutely. Would you be down for doing a break? Um I can I can I, I, I can see what I can do about Looper. I am I am. I'm gonna. I'm gonna tell you right now. I do plan on coming to the theater on uh, this weekend for uh, Thor Ragnarok. I am planning on that. I can. So. Gi- I can give you my brick, but at the same time, I just. I think. I think you would really like that movie, and I say we just make a double feature out of it, watch them both, and then sit down and talk about them before episode eight comes out in general. Because the thing that excites me the most about episode eight is Ryan Johnson. Like that's the oh, reason yeah. I'm going 100 percent. Okay. So, we'll see everybody. Uh, thanks for listening. Hey, Jake, oh, man, your podcast, and I and I am grateful to be on. Man, thank you for letting me on here. Anytime. Swear not apologize. <laughs> I'll just put a trigger warning before it. It's fine. I don't plan on editing this. Um. So thanks everybody. Hey, I yeah, will. Trigger, I, trigger warning. Oh, Zach, you're back. Is that a, Zach? I hear. Hmm. Oh, Zach, you're Hello? back. What? Zach, you're back! Zach, Zach yeah. we just finished! Dude, where did you go? You went missing, man. I've <laughs> been here for a while. We asked where you were. We spent. We talked about the entire third act of this movie, and we thought you were gone. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to you? I don't know, man. What, like, just, were you saying things and we were interrupting you and you didn't know why? No, I was like listening and I, like, I, I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> I feel like, okay. I don't know. We recorded this, man, so we'll, I guess we'll all take away our own We're idea. starting over, everyone! <laughs> no, no I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. I've got it. I'm, I'm done. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you, Zach. Thank you, Alex. Um, we'll see you all next time. Guys, say goodbye. Hi. I said goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>